0: Hey, everybody. It is Wednesday, October 13th, 2021. Welcome to Philly Pressbox Radio Roundtable, brought to you by the Irish Rover Station House in beautiful Langhorne, Pennsylvania, and Allstate Insurance in Westchester, PA. I'm Chet Jim Chesco, and I'll be your co-host tonight, along with Bill Furman. He will be here at some point during the show, I promise you that. And we have plenty to talk about, as always, maybe more than usual this week with so much going on. The Eagles pulling off a win on Sunday. People complain about it. Nevertheless, uh, the Flyers open up Friday night. We will talk about that in depth in a few moments. Ben Simmons, of course, showed up in Philly the other day. What a circus that has been. Penn State lost a heartbreaker over the weekend out of Iowa. And we're going to talk about, well, how to fix the Phillies as well. You know the expression, doing a complete 180? Well, we're going to do a full 360. See, this is show number 360, and it's going to be a challenge to get all of that stuff in, all those topics that I mentioned in one hour, but we're going to do it, I promise you. Every sport is in play right now, and they're all giving us plenty to talk about, including the Sixers and that whole Ben Simmons mess. That's the gift that keeps on giving, I guess. Uh, We're going to talk pucks first tonight, though. As mentioned the flyers open their season friday night at the wells fargo center with a four game homestand four games in eight days at the wells fargo center and we've got it all covered with tonight's special guest he is from hockeybuzz.com we say hello to bill Meltzer. welcome back bill how you doing
1: how you doing chad good to talk to you
0: doing all right Bill's going to be here shortly the other bill he's a little tied up with some work stuff but uh, don't worry about him. Uh, as a hockey guy, Bill, I know you love this time of year. But we haven't talked to you in 14 months somehow. I don't know how that happened. But uh, before we talk about this year, let's go back and reminisce about last year. It didn't work out quite we <laughs> <laughs> oh, Yeah, I know. We'll, we'll keep that brief. I thought they might be a true contender last year. Uh, I guess I was wrong about that.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, there was so much promise built off the season before that. And, uh, you know, it was was really really Murphy's Law last season. I mean, uh, other than maybe Joel Faraby having a breakout year, um, you know, (laughs) Sean Couturier had a good year. But, I mean, as a team and guys they were counting on, young players, I mean, it just – everything went wrong. Simple as that.
0: Yeah. It sure did. You mentioned Joel Faraby. I was going to ask about him. How good is he and what is his upside?
1: You know, I I think Joel is going to have a a long – Strong career in the NHL. He, you know, if he's such a mature young player, you know, if you would make a long term commitment the way the Flyers have with with a guy who still is 21 years old, is still in his entry level deal, and you're locking him up for as long as the team has, you know, you'd think that that's a lot of risk that's involved. But I mean, honestly, I think there's a strong potential that contract's going to end up being a bargain for the Flyers. He's, uh, you know, I don't think he's ever going to be a 40 goal guy or anything like that. But I think he's going to be a good, solid, all-around hockey player. You know, get you get you thirty goals a year in a good year. Um, play a good, good two-way game. You know, give you a give give you a good, solid effort every single night. Play uh, play the power play. Be able to move from left wing to right wing. I mean, he's 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 a real deal. He's a really strong young hockey player.
0: Yeah, I like them. Well, as we said, it was a disappointing year last year. So not surprisingly, there were a lot of changes made in the offseason. Lots of familiar faces gone. Jake Voracek, Shane Gostespierre, Nolan Patrick, Phil Myers, Robert Haig, Brian Elliott among them. Now Morgan Frost is back. And as I put the roster up here, if I can do that, uh, there are newcomers such as Ryan Ellis, Cam Atkinson, Rasmus Ristalainen, Keith Yandel, and backup goalie Martin Jones. Are they a better team?
1: On paper, they certainly are. I mean, the, the biggest thing is you know the Flyers last year had the the worst goals against average in the NHL, and you're not. It doesn't matter how many goals you score, you can't you can't contend with that. I mean, we talk about how everything went wrong. You know, the year before that, they were seventh best goals against average in the NHL and seventh highest in goals per game. You know, to to be up in the top third of the league in both, that's a solid playoff team. That's why you figured going into last year. This, this is going to be a playoff team. It's going to be a contender. I mean, uh, you know, that that goes against last season. It was team defense fell apart and, and then they dragged the goaltending down with it. And then the goaltending started failing when, you know, the team defense got a little bit better. So it, it uh, you know, it, it, was, it was really a mess. But that's, uh, you know, on paper, they've certainly added to the blue line. Now they have some injuries right now on the blue line. Hopefully, hopefully uh, Ryan Ellis, who's the biggest addition and um, – Rasmus Ristelainen, who's also a big addition. And hopefully they'll be healthy for the opener, and particularly Ellis, who has an injury history. You really cross your fingers that he doesn't miss much miss, miss time over the course of the season. But at least at least on paper, uh, with the players they've added, it should be a better team. And Carter Hart, I figure, should bounce back this year to a large degree, too.
0: Well, assuming Ryan Ellis is healthy, I guess he's going to be paired with Provorov. Uh, that's going to be yep. a good defensive pairing, is it not?
1: It should. And, and I think that Ellis... Ellis is one of those defensemen who can pretty much play with anybody. But if you, you give him a talented partner like Provorov, who uh, they should read off each other very well. You, you saw it in practices. You saw it in the preseason games that they played together. You know, they, they just they work very well together. Um, Ellis is very good at, at putting passes where his defensive partner wants them, and he can move up by. So there were so many times last year, where Profarov would get a, a, a puck in his skates or have to reach behind him. And next thing you knew, he'd be getting hit into the boards and turning a puck over. And, and I mean, some of it's also, it's also Ivan's fault. He certainly didn't ha- have his own best season by any stretch of the imagination. But I mean, two seasons ago, he had a really good chemistry with uh, Matt Niskanen. I think this pair will be better than that pair was. Mm hmm.
0: Now, Oscar Lindblom, of course, coming back from his cancer battle, was a nice story, but to be honest, he didn't have a great year last year, and that's understandable. Is he going to be stronger and better, you think, this year?
1: He's he's looked at it in camp. That's That's been one of the really promising stories in camp, is that Oscar, all, all, first of all, his fitness testing, all his strength testing was back to the level it was before the cancer diagnosis. But just watching him in games, you know, a, a big part of Oscar's game is – Winning battles on the boards, forechecking, and getting to the net. And he was doing, he was doing all those things in the preseason. Uh, the goals weren't coming yet in the preseason. He did have some nice assists. But, yeah, Oscar Limbaugh looked like himself again. I think, I think that, that was a really good story, you know, before the season.
0: Absolutely. Hey, I know he's not ready to go just yet, although he is technically on the opening roster, I guess. But what is Kevin Hayes' status? How long will he be out?
1: Well, he's, uh, he's no longer the roster because the Flyers, uh, Flyers made a, a waiver claim today and they didn't have the wow. cap space. Uh, yeah, they, they claimed a guy by the name of Zach McEwen from uh, the Vancouver Canucks. So, um, so, but his timetable is still the same. He's still looking at that six to eight week timetable. Um, and the Flyers needed the cap space by putting him in long term to be able to bring in and really anybody. So, um, you know, they, because they, they had, they had a minimum number of players. So now, Billy, for the time being, they have the flexibility to add somebody if there's injuries or whatever, but the Flyers have to be so careful with, with this injury because, you know, he, he had abdominal muscle surgery back in the spring, and he had, this, he, he had to go, you know, it was basically the same injury all over again in September. And if he has another one this season, he's done for the year, and it could be a, a long absence, you know, and also sometimes when a guy comes back from this kind of injury, it can take Quarter of a season to a half a season for a guy really to feel like himself again. So really they're well advised not to rush him here. I I know, you know, I know the team needs him. They need him to be, you know, their second line center. They need him on the penalty kill. They need him for a lot of things. And of course he's been through the very tough personal situation too. And psychologically, I I think, I think it's good for him to get back on the ice as soon as he can. But I think in terms of healing an injury and doing what's best for the hockey player, uh, I think they can't rush this at all.
0: You mentioned Zach McEwen. Tell us about him.
1: He's a big, strong guy. Um, you know, he'll he'll fight. He's actually one of the better young, tough guys around the NHL. Not, not an old fashioned goon by any means, but he's you know he, he's a guy who'll come in and when the Flyers you know play against a Tom Wilson or they play against uh, a Ryan Reeves who's now with the Rangers, you know that that's a guy who can answer the bell if he has to do that. Um, you know, I was actually a little bit surprised that Vancouver waived him. He was pretty highly regarded there as a guy who could play in the bottom end of the lineup. Uh, he had been a, a scorer at other levels, but that's not going to be what he does in the NHL. He'll just be a, you know, he'll be a role player. But, you know, the, the Flyers, so the, that's actually the second guy the Flyers have claimed off waivers this week. Uh, they just claimed Patrick Brown from uh, from the Golden Knights earlier this week. And he, he'll be in the opening night roster, probably in the opening night lineup. Uh, and, you know, maybe, uh, maybe, maybe Brown gets in at some point here pretty soon. But uh, or I remember Brown Brown will get in McEwen. We'll try to get into the lineup. But uh, so, you know, there were, there were a couple of guys, uh, Jackson Cates and uh, a Phantoms player by the name of Garrett Wilson, who was on a tryout deal. Really, uh, really the, the signing of McEwen is bad news for Garrett Wilson because it, it means he stays, in, he stays in the American League.
0: All right. One of the things we have to talk about is the goalie. Carter Hart did not have the kind of year anybody expected last year. Uh, We thought he was going to be maybe, you know, an instant star. Didn't happen that way in his sophomore year. I guess a lot of guys have the sophomore jinx or whatever. Uh, What can we expect from the young goalie this year?
1: I think Carter will be fine. You know, uh, I think if you look at Carter's season last year, um, you know, I thought that he played better than his numbers early on. And actually, it was a bunch of games against the Bruins, including up until that that game, uh, you know, the outdoor game that kind of kind of made his numbers look mediocre. And then when the team struggled in March, he hit he truly hit the skids. He he was a big part of the problem because he had no confidence, a lot of glove side issues and whatnot. I mean, Carter was as much of an issue as, as everybody else on the team. But I mean, something that kind of got lost in last year's story was that. By April and and his last several starts, Carter started looking more like himself again. I thought he did. And then he had to get shut down, you know, uh, a little bit early last season because of a knee issue. Um, uh, Carter looked very good in the preseason and in camp. Um, He missed a couple of days uh, with with the minor injury. You cross your fingers with that a little bit because Carter has had a couple of injury issues in his career. You know, he's another guy you can't have missing time. But I I think Carter hard. Carter Hart should be fine,
0: and he's got a new backup this year. Brian Elliott gone, Martin Jones now uh, the backup. Uh, he was pretty good a few years ago. How much time should we expect him to get?
1: Ah, uh, well, that, that'll depend on as much on Carter, and yeah. I, I mean he's going to see his share because you know the Flyers are going to pay the price for a pretty relaxed schedule early. Flyers don't start till Friday, and most of the league will play a game or two by then, and then they have a four-game homestand with days off in between there. Which everybody's playing eighty-two in his Olympic year, so the schedule's compacted. Flyers are going to have a whole lot of back-to-back games and a whole lot of threes and fours because of because of this kind of you know relaxed start at the beginning. So Jones is going to see his share of games. I, I would say about thirty games, maybe. Hmm. Uh, you know, um, they need you know. I mean, they rolled the dice a little bit with, with Martin Jones. Jones is a guy who, when he was in, he was a workhorse starter for a number of years with San Jose. Uh, he got into a Stanley Cup final. He got into a conference final. Uh, but the last two years have been very poor. And it, it was hard to say how much of it was bad defense in front of him because San Jose as a team just was not very good anymore the last couple of years. But the goaltending wasn't bailing them out either, and the goaltending was part of the issue. So the Flyers are rolling the dice that that uh, Jones at 31 can go back somewhat closer to the form he was before. And uh, he would adapt a little different role because he he was used to being the starter. Here he's the backup, so it's uh, you know it, that remains to be seen. And he had a kind of an you know up and down, little bit of, little bit up and down preseason too. We
0: haven't we haven't mentioned the captain yet, Claude Giroux. He's certainly not the player he used to be, not a hundred point guy anymore. But how much does uh, Giroux have left in the tank?
1: I think you know I mean, and he had a he had a really good preseason too. You know, Giroux last year had a had a, had a funky year because his five on five numbers were fine. I mean, if you look around the league, he had more five-on-five five points in Ovechkin, more five-on-five five points in Backstrom, T.J. Oshie, Jamie Benn, uh, Anzi Kopitar. I mean, still all top players in the league, more five-on-five more five points in Patrice Bergeron. But his power play points were gone. I, his power play points were really off, you know, off target last year. I mean, the team struggled in the power play, but Giroud is, is the catalyst on the power play. Um, I think Giroux should still be a very productive player. I agree with you that he's not a 100-point player or probably even a point-per-game player. But uh, I, think, I think Giroux has plenty in the tank. And, of course, he has a lot riding on it, too, because this is the last year of his contract. All
0: right, two more questions. Uh, what is the outlook? Will the Flyers make the playoffs? And can they win a round or two?
1: Uh, I, think this, I think this is on paper a, a playoff team. The problem being that the uh, Metro is a very tough division. So, you know, to get the automatic playoff spot, you have to finish in the top three. Um, but I, I, I look at this team and I say, I, I see a wild card team. Maybe, you know, I, I think you could have five teams from the Metro in the playoffs. And then the uh, the other three would be the top three, you know, from the uh, Northeast division. But uh, I think that it's, uh, you know, I, I think the team can get into the playoffs and then it all depends on how healthy you are, what your matchups are. I mean, potentially the team could, could advance a little bit in the playoffs, but there's a whole lot to prove between between now and then.
0: And Bill, please forgive me for this, but you once posted it, so I'm going to assume you're not going to kill me when I show this. But uh, <laughs> who is this guy, and what is he wearing exactly?
1: That would be me. Uh, <laughs> that uh, you know, you couldn't you couldn't go to stores and buy Flyers jerseys back then. And my first my first sports hero was Bobby Clark. And so that orange and black shirt was number 16. I wore that every single day when the weather got cold. <laughs> Maybe a even when the weather started to get a little bit warm again. So that uh, that was everyday wear for me. And I just, you know, I love the Flyers as long as I have memories. So. You, you look like you were, you were what, about seven there? I think I'm about six, Yeah. yeah.
0: Okay. Uh, Bill, tell everybody where they can follow you. Hockeybuzz.com, where else? You're writing a whole bunch of things for the alumni? Yeah, I'm,
1: I'm the uh, official site contributor for the Flyers official website, so flyers.nhl.com. You'll find my work there most days during the week. Uh, I am the, uh, the editorial manager, content manager for the Flyers Alumni Association, so if you go on Flyers Alumni Twitter or into flyersalumni.net, at, uh, that, that's my work there. And uh, as you said, Hockey bus, you can find me there every day too.
0: Awesome. And now you're going to go watch some uh, Lehigh Valley Phantoms action and report on them. So good luck. Have a great night and uh, enjoy the Flyers season, Bill. All
1: right. Thanks, Chad. Appreciate it. Talk to you soon. Right. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
0: All right. Bill Meltzer joining us. And uh, soon we're going to have Bill Furman rejoining the show or joining the show for the first time tonight. But we're going to talk a little bit of uh, insurance. First of all, you know what we're talking about. Allstate, right? because they got some new deal right now. Let's get it up there again. There it is. Allstate has a pay-as-you-go auto insurance plan. It puts you in control. You only pay for the miles that you drive. And it comes with the same full coverage that a traditional policy offers. Pay-per-mile insurance gives customers greater control of their insurance costs. See how much you can save with pay-per-mile car insurance by calling your local agent in Westchester, Pennsylvania. That, of course, is Dave Lavoy. Call Dave at 610 430 0700 once again 610 430 0700 and you can start to save more now that you are driving less hey everybody it's willie nile here and you're listening to chet and bill on silly press box radio you lucky people ah you can never hear enough willie nile at least that's what my story so yeah uh Willie Nile subbing for Merrill Reese this week I wanted to hear a little Willie because I love music uh so many things to talk about I didn't get to talk to Bill about the Flyers choosing Rick Tockett and Paul Holmgren you know, a week or two back to go in the Hall of Fame a couple of good choices uh, they had a lot of candidates you know uh could have been Lou Nolan we love Lou Nolan the Flyers longtime PA announcer I was kind of pulling for him not just because he's a friend of the show we've had him on the show three or four times but great guy and he's been doing the flyers pa work since i guess the early 1970s so i think glue certainly is deserving of it all right uh bill and i i think are going to make our flyers predictions at some point along the way tonight when he does join the show but we got to talk about the ben simmons fiasco i don't know if this is even possible for it to work uh, he he's burnt bridges, um, maybe with teammates, maybe with the organization, he has said he wants to be traded, but then I guess he's realizing he's missing out on the money. So now all of a sudden he decided to report, he got his COVID test and I, I assume that went well and he will be reporting on Friday to the team and they'll see if he's able to, you know, practice as soon as this weekend. And the season opens next Wednesday. So will we see him in the lineup next week? Who the heck knows at this point? I mean, first of all, yeah, it was a fiasco, the whole thing. Ben Simmons didn't just realize that maybe he was wrong and wanted to come back and make amends. No, he missed a paycheck and he would miss several more paychecks if he didn't come in. I think that's the main reason that he is back. Kudos to the 76ers for standing firm. Now, do they really want him back? I don't know. They say they do, but that might just be part of the effort to improve his trade value. The next week is going to be extremely, extremely interesting. Now, Simmons, theoretically, as I said, could start practicing this weekend, maybe be ready for the season opener next Wednesday down in New Orleans. I haven't checked. There are probably some Vegas odds out there as to you know whether he actually does play a regular season game with the Sixers this year. Meanwhile, I'll say this, Joel Embiid looked absolutely great in the Monday night preseason win. And Andre Drummond, his new backup, looks to be very solid. Isaiah Joe has been a guy who's looking good and a player who's, I think, you know, worth watching as we move into the regular season. We will talk more about that next week when we do our 76ers uh, season outlook show, the season preview. So the whole Simmons thing I just don't get it. I'll have more to say about it, by the way, in my uh, parting shot later on in the show. But as I said, I I do applaud the Sixers management for taking a hard stand on this. I guess if Simmons wants to be here, he has a right to. They say they want him in here. I think it's really just to get him in here and uh, get him traded and hopefully get something in terms of quality in return. We'll see how this all works out. Let's talk a little Eagles as we wait for Bill. The Eagles came away with a win on Sunday, and yet it felt kind of like a loss because they looked pretty horrible for two and a half quarters. They did ultimately get the win uh, thanks to Sam Darnold and some turnovers and, uh, you know, some dumb play on the part of Matt Rule's team. Uh, They got the blocked punt, the Sixers did, and converted the short drive for the go-ahead touchdown. Jake Elliott looked good. Uh, And down the stretch, I got to say Jalen Hurts did look good. He didn't look good in the first half. They went with pretty much all short passes, just uh, the little dink and dunks, the wide receiver screen passes. It is what it is. I guess they feel that's where he would be most comfortable. And it ultimately worked. But that was against Carolina. They beat Atlanta, of course, in the opening week. But, you know, in between, they went up against some much better teams. And now they have the short turnaround. A Thursday night game with Tom Brady and company in town. I'm going to be there. I am going to be at the link with some friends and uh, hoping for some sort of a miracle. I know it's only a seven-point line, but... Boy, if I did bet against my own team, this would be one of those occasions where I probably would because I, I think Tampa Bay is going to win by at least 10. Of course, I hope I'm wrong. And as I said last week, I never bet against the team that I root for. I never at least put money on a team that I root for to lose. I, I just can't do it. I don't have the heart to do that. So hoping for a good game. I know it's going to be a nice crowd. Um Trey Thomas and John Running getting inducted into the Eagles Hall of Fame. Well-deserved on that front. Two great teammates from the old Donovan McNabb era. So that'll be nice to see. Uh, a nice Thursday night crowd will be on hand, of course. You know, They always pretty much sell out the joint. And they'll be on national TV. Hopefully they, they don't embarrass the city and they don't embarrass the, the, the fan base of the Eagles. Uh, we'll get to our predictions later on in the show, but... I don't know what to expect. Tampa Bay is going to be tough. They have a good offensive line. If the Eagles are to give them a battle, they're going to have to do so by pressuring Brady up front through the middle. The D line, you know, is still pretty good. And uh, that's going to be a key to the Eagles staying competitive in this one. So hopefully big nights from uh, Hargrave and Fletcher Cox, Derek Barnett, uh, that that's going to be the key getting pressure on Tom Brady. I mean, yeah, he's still he's the greatest of all time, but he is 44. He is not the fleetest of foot. So, if they can pressure Brady, maybe make him, you know, force some uh play, make some bad throws. That's the only way I think the Eagles are going to have a shot in this one. And you got to get the running game more involved. Miles Sanders is pretty good when they give him the ball, and yet until the last five minutes of the Sunday game against Carolina he was again just not getting his share uh I gotta think that uh Sanders will see a little bit more action this week I know he made the two bonehead plays in the final few minutes when they were trying to run out the clock and he got knocked out of bounds you gotta make sure that doesn't happen again I'm sure they had a talking to him about that he got pulled after he did it the second time So I hope Sanders does get a lot more carries. I hope they use Kenny Gainwell a lot, too, uh, because he seemed to not be as much of a factor this past week as he was the previous couple of weeks. Going to be an interesting game. Don't know what to expect, but uh, who knows? Maybe they'll surprise us. It's only a seven-point line, as they say. So go Eagles. Go Eagles. All right. We're going to... Take a little break and talk about some of the other things that go on here on the Edge of Philly Sports Network. I'm going to see if I can find our lineup for this weekend. we got a bunch of great shows. We sure do. I mean, in addition to us having Bill Meltzer on tonight, look at this lineup. We are streaming this episode live across Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and now on Twitch. You can also catch all the action on Edge of Philly Sports. That's the EOPsports.com. Please help us out by smashing those subscribe, follow, and like buttons, and as always, share with your friends and family. In addition to this great show, check out our affiliates, including the Broad Street Bully podcast. They are on every Monday with Drew, Jeff, and Doyle talking Flyers hockey with some amazing guests and hilarious banter. Uh, Lax Philly, Kevin, Gary, and the team covering everything lacrosse from Philly and beyond with great articles, videos, And we believe soon a live show exclusively on EOPsports.com. Edge of Philly Sports Live. You know about that one. That is uh, later on Wednesday evening. And this week they have Jeff Kerr, an NFL writer and radio host at 97.3 ESPN. So that's at 9.30 Eastern time this evening, Wednesday. Big Al, Freddie, Joe, they got you covered every week. Birds IQ. Kyle and Eric Quinn are back with live shows now Thursdays at 7 p.m. You don't want to miss that. And uh, I'm not sure if the schedule has changed this week. No, it's a countdown to kickoff this week. Yeah, right ahead of the Eagles kickoff at about 8.15 or so. So, yeah, seven o'clock. Use that as your pregame show. And then Saturday morning, have your breakfast with uh, the guys from Patterson Avenue Fanatics. TK, Marksy, James, Dave, Paul, Damon and all get your Philly Sports talk on and if you miss any of these shows you know where to find them apple Podcasts, google play tune in stitcher blog talk and a whole bunch of other places and don't forget about the philly sports trips because uh they have great trips going live or going all over the place this fall i know they have the the vegas trip which is going to be wild especially with everything that's happening out in vegas these days so uh check out philly sports trips and our edge of philly sports network you'll be glad you did all right. What else? A little later in the show, assuming Bill joins us, we are going to try to resolve all the things that are going on with our Philadelphia Phillies. They have uh, a lot of work to do this offseason, obviously. So we say go Phils. They've hired a, a new hitting coach, uh, hired him away from the Washington Nationals. And hopefully he'll be a, a big plus because they need a lot of work on that front. Alec Bohm has to get things figured out. We don't know what the lineup is going to look like next year. We assume Andrew McCutcheon will not be back. Who knows about Odubel? Who knows about Didi Gregorius, even though he is under contract for another year? I don't know if Didi's going to be back. Um, they got to get these guys hitting because there is a lot of work to be done if the Phillies are to make a run at things next year. The Atlanta Braves look really good. They're in the National League Championship Series now. Again, either the Dodgers or the Giants. And what a series that has been. Some great pitching in that one. And uh, game five tonight in San Fran, Gabe Kapler's crew. Are you rooting for Gabe Kapler or not? Some people are. Some people want to see Gabe continue to uh, not succeed, although he has succeeded this year. Some people want to root against him just because of his two years in Philly. I'm personally rooting for Gabe. I kind of liked gabe i know at the end i did agree that he had to be fired because it just was it was time after two short years but i liked gabe otherwise and i'm glad he's succeeding out in san francisco so i admit it i'm gonna be rooting for kapler and the giants in game five uh over in the american league i don't really care who comes out of that boston i guess surprised a lot of people knocking off tampa bay and who do they have houston who cares doesn't matter uh, I'll probably root for whoever comes out of the National League in the series. We're going to get to our football picks later on whenever Bill joins us. I hope he does join us because otherwise it's going to be, you know, kind of not great, me running down everybody else's picks. So that's the story for that. I'll tell you what we're going to do. We are going to um, take a look at the Eagles schedule right now. They have coming up this week, of course, the Thursday night game against those New England Patriots. And then they have the Raiders out there in Las Vegas, followed by another trip to Detroit. I think both of those games are winnable. The Raiders going through a little tumult right now with uh, the John Gruden situation. The Lions pretty much stink. And then uh, the Birds come back home for a November 7th game, week nine, against the Chargers. I think that one is tough, but winnable. And then the schedule does get easier from there. Denver has been playing well this season, I know, but they can be beat. And then you have, you know, mostly divisional games after that, the Saints, and then mostly divisional games. So all divisional games, in fact, after week 11, going to be interesting to see how it all plays out. Uh, I made a prediction before the season that the birds would go nine and eight. That's probably a big question mark because they're two and three at this point, but to get to nine and eight, they had to win this past game, this uh, Sunday against Carolina. And they did, it wasn't pretty matter of fact, it was pretty ugly for two and a half or three quarters, but they did get the win. And I'll tell you, it's good to see the draft picks contributing at least a little bit now. Devontae Smith has been great. Landon Dickerson, of course, has been inconsistent. We knew that would be the case. Dickerson, you know, still not fully healthy. Wasn't expected to play this much, but you had all the injuries. So now he's in there. Milton Williams has made some contributions. Uh, Kenny Gainwell, the fifth rounder, has, of course, played a lot. The other guys, and eh, not so much. But, uh Long way to go still, and you'll probably see some of these other guys along the way. And Jalen Hurts, of course, drafted last year, playing a huge role for the team. And I know a lot of people think that he's already not the guy to be the long-term quarterback. I'm not ready to make that judgment. He's played nine games as a starter. He's looked okay some of the time. He's looked great a couple of times. He's looked poor a couple of times. But again, it's been nine games. I mean, Donovan McNabb, I think, played nine games his first year and, uh, you know, he had a pretty good career after that. So we'll see a long way to go. And uh, look who we look who we have joining us. It is Bill Furman. Can we hear you, Bill? I hope so. Can you? There we are. Perfect timing. You, you miss Bill Meltzer, who talked about the Flyers. You can go back and watch that tomorrow uh, on your time off before heading into your real job. Uh, Bill was great. He thinks the Flyers are a borderline playoff team, as do I. I think they'll sneak in as maybe a wildcard team. You and I should
2: make our predictions at some point. What do you think about the Flyers this year? I actually was hoping that they would be considered more than a borderline team. (laughs) I was hoping for a little bit better. Uh, They've added some veterans that I think are going to give them some some help. Definitely on the blue line. Um, We'll see how the goaltending situation works out, obviously, with Carter Hart. But um, I- I'm hoping for a good season. That- that's all I could say. Well, you know, they seem to be making the playoffs every
0: other year of late. So that means they will make the playoffs this year. And I agree with Bill Meltzer that they'll probably be a wild card team. They won't be in the top three of their division, which would guarantee them a solid- I think they'll be one of the wild card teams. But... I think they're going to get in. I think they're going to finish the year strong, and I think they're going to win at least one playoff round. That's all I'll say. Point-wise, uh, it's a full 82-game schedule, so I'm going to say uh,
2: 95 points. How's that? 95 is good. Yeah, that might 95, be third place, yeah. Yeah, I mean, 95 will get you in for sure. I would Absolutely. Say. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm with you. Uh, you know, Let's see what the upgrades are. They got rid of a lot of people didn't like um, Jake Voracek anymore. Uh, but he did tie for the lead in points. He's now gone. you got to replace those points somewhere and hopefully get better as you're doing it. So they, they've got to fill that hole. Maybe they're better. Uh, certainly better, I think, on the defensive end. They had too many young guys there that just weren't, weren't quite good enough at this point. So we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, I put up the uh, the roster as it stands
0: right now. Kevin Hayes, of course, listed there, but he is going to be out for a while, as we know, with that injury. But the defense should definitely be better, which I think will help make Carter Hart be better. Ristolainen should you know, be good. And uh, Ryan Ellis, who is hoping to play Friday. He's a little banged up, but hoping to play. He's going to be paired with Provorov. So I think the defense <laughs> will definitely be better this year, and that will hopefully mean a better year from Carter Hart.
2: Yeah, now they they added a tough guy today, right? They picked up somebody uh, that got cut loose. Uh, it's supposed yep. to be a banger and a physical player. So hopefully that's good. Yeah, Bill mentioned him. I forget the name, but they did uh, pick him up. And that's why they had to
0: put Kevin Hayes on the, the reserve for a while. But yeah, he'll be one of those guys who will contribute. And, uh, you know, hopefully they'll be a little more potent
2: offensively, especially on the power play, because that was one problem last year. Yeah. You know, uh, interesting, last night was opening night. Uh, Pittsburgh's at Tampa Bay. Um, they had a big Super, uh, Stanley Cup champion celebration. First player announced for the Lightning was Brian Elliott. <laughs> <laughs> and the starting number one center for the Penguins was Jeff Carter.
0: Jeff Carter still around. How about that? Yeah.
2: yeah. So didn't like seeing either one of those things, but it's the world we live in. Yes, it is. Uh, And Bill, I also already
0: talked about the 76ers and the Ben Simmons mess. I don't know where that's going to go, but it's going to be a crazy week. We know that for sure. Don't know if Simmons will be playing in game one next week or if he'll be traded by then or if he'll be just, you know, sent packing in some other way. I don't know.
2: Nobody knows what to expect here, but. It's well, what about, what about getting hurt, getting dressed for the first practice? Is there, are, <laughs> there, are there odds anywhere on that that he, yeah. he's here to get his $8.25 million and and, uh, you know, never sees the court either on the practice side or or on a game side? Oh, that's what a lot of people think, that there's going to be some
0: phantom injuries. So they're going to check him out thoroughly to make sure he's 100%. Of course, you know, he'll say that, oh, that maybe there's something internal. He's got a, a nasty flu or something in the leg is killing. I don't know hopefully he's better than that you know he can do the right thing and just apologize say yes I should have done better
2: um I'm here to make amends I apologize to my teammates but I don't see that happening no I, I don't either and and I, I go back to uh, to you on this uh you're you're a big Sixers fan um Ben comes out starts lighting it up do we forget uh, Mr. Sixers fan, and just say, oh, well, uh, let's move on, or, or do we have an ax to grind here? Well, there's going to be an ax to grind for a while,
0: but if he comes out and does start lighting it up, I think they would ultimately forgive him. So, I it, you know, if he starts shooting the 12 and 15 footers, throwing in an occasional three-pointer, yeah, then they will forgive him, and will say, see, that's what you should have been doing last year. Uh, but I don't know if that's going to happen. It would be great that if he is here that we do see that, but there's probably a 10% of that happening if he's here. I still think there's only about a 2% chance that he's in the opening night lineup, but who knows? Bill, you disappeared. Come back to us, please. Please come back to us. I'm looking for our uh, picks from our buddy... Boop Vitrone, because we got to get Boop's picks in just a little bit. I have those ready to roll. All right, Bill, can you join us again? Are you there? Connection problems. Bill is down in Florida and they don't pay the electric bills down there, I think. I could be wrong. Did you pay your bill? Nope. <laughs> Hi, Bill. <laughs> Bill's gonna try again. Oh man, we need a, we need a tech guy here. But you know what? We had I had watched uh, some of Merrill Reese's show on his uh, WBCB and uh, on Facebook the other night, and he and our buddy Bob Groats had trouble getting their show on properly too. So they were like seven minutes looking getting things going because, you know, the internet is a wonderful thing, but sometimes it's uh, not always cooperative. We we can talk to people in you know South Korea or, or Guam or whatever, but if they're somewhere in the States or even down the street, sometimes you get a horrible connection. And I think Bill is dealing with that right now. So I, I don't want to do our football picks because I don't have Bill here to give his. And while I do have boops written down, it, it, you don't want to hear me talking for another 10 minutes straight. I, I've done that enough tonight. So who knows i could talk about the john gruden thing but uh probably tick some people off with my views on that uh some would agree with me some not but hey john you got to be careful with what you're sending out in emails it's it's a different world these days you got to be politically correct and uh you were an interesting guy uh, a fun guy on the air when you were at espn but you can't be sending emails you can't be Saying nasty things about or to people. So I'll leave it at that for John Gruden. I know the NFL does have somewhat of a double standard, though, when you consider, you know, the Warren Saps and uh, Antonio Brown and some of the things they've done. And yet they're in the league playing or on a team's wall of fame or ring of fire, whatever it's called. So it's a crazy world with the NFL these days. I know that. I've never, I've never talked this much straight. I don't know how guys do it on the air for like four straight hours. Wait, I do have some beverage here. All right, you want to know the truth? Because of hockey season, we're going with a big hazy first draft. Big hazy 13. Not a big IPA guy, but because it's, you know, a Flyers-related beverage, I went with that tonight. So why not? Flyers uh, will make the playoffs this year. I predict and maybe win one round i'm not going to go crazy and say they're going to be a cup contender i did that last year and look how that turned out so i'm not going to say it this year all right bill if you're out there try to come back again if not i'm just gonna have to go on and do the picks without you i know you sent yours but that wouldn't require too much reading on my part All right, but let's do it because we have to do, we have to get our picks in, right? So our fearless NFC East predictions. First of all, yes, Boop and Bill last week did pick the birds. I did not. That being the case, we all had a very good week. One wrong pick among us. And that was, yeah, me taking the Panthers to beat the Eagles. Forgive me. Um Boop and Bill Furman were actually both a perfect 4 and 0 last week. I was 3 and 1 because of my Eagles pick. So, those guys did pick up one game on me. I am still though at the top of the heap at 13 and 7. Boop is now within two games at 11 and 9. Bill is back to 500 finally at 10 and 10. So, speaking of Boop, uh Vitrone Jr has been our guest picker throughout the season and we appreciate that. Um this week, we're going to pick these games. The Rams visiting the Giants. The Rams favored by 10 and a half. The Giants banged up. The Chiefs visit the football team, the Washington football team. Get a real nickname, will you? Chiefs favored by seven. Dallas goes to New England. The Cowboys favored by four. And then I think you know this one. Tomorrow night, the Eagles host the defending Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Bucs favored by seven. So uh, I think I have Bill's picks on my phone, but I'm going to have to find those. I was expecting him to be here live. So what I'm going to do is uh, give you Boop's picks first, okay? And then I'll I'm going to give you all of his. As a matter of fact, um, here's the deal: the Rams at the Giants. Boop says he's not sure New York will be able to find 53 healthy body healthy bodies. He's right about that. He says, "Want to bet the Giants are seven and one all time against the spread and five and zero oh since 1998 as a double." Digit home underdog, so take the points. But he does think the Rams will win the game. Gonna write that one down right here: Rams to win because we just pick them even up. Kansas City at Washington. Come on, who who can actually pick Washington in this one? KC is playing its third game in the Eastern Time Zone in five weeks, but the Chiefs haven't had a takeaway in 15 quarters. Boop says the D is due. His pick: the Chiefs, of course. Uh, Want a bet, though, he says? A Washington football team turnover here and there, and this game is a blowout by halftime. Feel free to lay more than a touchdown. Yeah, I'll get to my picks in a bit, but I agree. Um, Dallas at new england let's see dallas favored by four or boop says four and a half dallas has won seven of nine dating back to last season the train keeps a rolling in new england his pick is the cowboys but he also says go low the pats are on eight and one under run in foxborough and the total over under for this one is 49 and a half so he says take the under But uh, also take Dallas even up. So let's write that down. Dallas, Kansas City, and the Rams. Oh, you're probably wondering, what does Boop think about the Eagles game? Does he see an upset? Does Boop see an upset? Let's see. Buccaneers, minus 6.5 or 7 at the Eagles. Total points, 52. Eagles have won six straight games on Thursday nights for the second time in their history. Uh, Tom Brady says, hold my day planner. His pick is the Buccaneers. Want to bet, though? Each team has had three games of scoring in every quarter this season. You can get a pretty good price on that happening for both here. I don't know if I would chance that, though. Uh, His pick, though, yeah, is the Buccaneers. And uh, I'll get you my picks and Bill's in just a second. Let's see if I can. This is is complicated here. I got to sift through my phone because, like I said, I thought Bill was going to be on with us. But uh, the technology didn't allow that. So, Bill... Has these picks. Here's what he says. My picks are Eagles, Giants, Skins, Lose. Never mind. Okay. That makes more sense. So that means Dallas, Tampa Bay, and Kansas City win. (sighs) Now we got it. My picks... The Rams to beat the Giants. I think they'd crush them by at least 10 and a half. I'm taking Kansas City to beat Washington. I would take the minus seven in a heartbeat too. I think the Chiefs are due to explode. They've had way too many close games this year. Kansas City breaks out in this one against the football team. Take the Chiefs. Dallas over New England. I would probably even give the four in that one, although I hate picking Dallas. And uh, all right, Tampa Bay and the Eagles. I'm really hoping for a good game. I will be there. I will be at the link. Tomorrow, hopefully by five o'clock. I may have a few adult beverages before the game. Like this one, but not in this kind of cup. But uh, I can't see the Eagles pulling this one off. I hope I'm wrong. I'm taking the Bucks 31 to 20. There you go. Bucks 31-20 is my pick. Don't forget to check out Boop's website, bettorsinsider.com for all kinds of betting information and even more on Twitter. At Boop Stats, yes, at Boop Stats. There you go. All right. Hey, one other thing before I uh, forget, Robbie and Bob, Robbie Ellis, we love you. Happy anniversary to you guys. Hope to see you soon. You're probably not watching tonight because you're probably celebrating. I could be wrong. Maybe you're maybe you're celebrating by watching Philly Press Box Radio. And if that's the case, you got to up your game, kiddos. <laughs> But at any rate happy anniversary Robbie and Bob. And by the way I mentioned that we are on YouTube and elsewhere. We are it's baby steps folks, baby steps. We we have 99 subscribers now to Philly Pressbox Radio on YouTube. By the end of this night I want it to be at least 101, okay? Not just 100, no, 101 subscribers on YouTube. So go to YouTube, type in Philly Pressbox Radio and hit the subscribe button if you haven't done it already. Even if you haven't actually watched us on there, it just sounds so much more impressive if you have over 100 subscribers because then you're in triple digits. So do that for me, please. Thank you. <laughs> Boy, college football did not disappoint on Saturday. Penn State was right in the middle of things. Of course, Bama, you know you know what happened there. Uh, Penn State, though, right in the middle of things, losing their quarterback and then finally losing the game to Iowa 23 to 20 which of course dropped them in the polls Uh, now as Bill knows I was flying back home I was down in New Orleans last week that's a whole nother story uh landed in Atlanta then Saturday evening for a brief layover uh, in the seven o'clock hour just in time to see the last two minutes of the Penn State game right after uh, they threw an interception. And then I got to see Iowa running out the clock in a 23 to 20 victory. From what I understand though, Penn State's backup quarterback, Taquan Roberson, is that a name? He just wasn't ready for prime time. He was seven of 21 with two interceptions. Not good. Sean Clifford uh, hurt. Hopefully Clifford will be back. If not, Uh, for the Illinois game a week from this Saturday. They have the bye this week. If not for the Illinois game, certainly for the Ohio State game because uh, that is the big one. That is October 30th. Penn State plays host to Illinois on October 23rd, I guess it is. And I think they could even beat the Illini with me at quarterback. I could be wrong about that, but uh, I think they can beat Illinois. But then you got to go out to Ohio State October 30th. And if Sean Clifford is not back, that could get ugly. So, Sean, whatever your problem is, take care of yourself. Get healthy. The Nits need you out at the horseshoe. So, PSU off this week then, Illinois. And then the schedule does get tougher. In addition to playing at Ohio State, they're at Maryland, who has been up and down this year. And then another home game against Michigan. And you know that one will be tough as well. All right. We are winding things down here. Great guest tonight, I thought, in HockeyBuzz.com's Bill Meltzer. And you're probably wondering, who's coming to Philly Pressbox Radio next week? Well, we are going to be on live right in the hour before the 76ers play their season opener against those Pelicans next week. Yeah, they'll be down in New Orleans, just like I was last week. So it's our 76ers pregame show with, you guessed it, d Lineham, longtime Sixers reporter and our friend, she's been here, what, 14 times or so over the years? I saw D at 97.5's FanFest last month. And- oh! <laughs> we are back. I had a little technical difficulties there, as you could probably figure out. Uh, I don't know if you heard, but uh, I tripped over the cable, <laughs> knocking the, the laptop closed. Which knocked us off the air briefly, but we are back. And as I was saying, saw D Line at 975's Fan Fest last month. And it was great to see her in person. First time since the pandemic hit. Now we're gonna have her on the show again next week, talking all things 76 years, including whatever the very latest is regarding Ben Simmons. Here's what happened. I got a cramp in my right leg. So I had to, I had to switch because I was sitting on my right leg, and that's bad to do. When you hit my age, you get these little aches and pains, you know. So I'm going to try this again. Let's see if I can do it without knocking things over. Oh. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Great recovery. I know. I'm going to check out the uh, the comments here because I never do that, and I should. Uh, let's see. Somebody said, take a drink. Thank you, Jane. Yeah, I will do that right now. There you go. Eric says, Eagles keep it close for a half, then lose 35-17. Yeah, it could be right. I said 31-20. Um, Rob Hefner, our buddy, he picked Carolina as well last week. Hey, a lot of people did because, I mean, they were favored. James says, yeah, let him sit. Talking about Ben Simmons. Oh, not him sit. Let him or the running back take the ball down the field. Run the ball, darn it. Yeah, everybody wants to see the Eagles run the ball, and that is the key. Run the ball. Dave Yarnell says, hey, Chet, how are you? Another one of our podcasting friends. Thank you, Dave. Technology is great when it works. Well, the technology was working, but then I tripped over the the cable because it's a long cable, but I somehow got it under my foot, and that's not good. I digress. I digress. Oh, the Phillies. We were going to talk about the Phillies. Uh, I'm going to keep this brief. Um, Bill and I were going to try to fix the Phillies with all sorts of changes. One of the things that killed the Phillies this past season was Reese Hoskins' injury in late August. He was hitting well. I'm confident he will be back with a good year in 2022. we got to keep Hoskins around. I like him. He's going to be good. Gene Segura had a fine season. He hit 290, But beyond that, so many question marks in the infield. Barring a trade, though, I do think you keep Alec Boehm. As I said earlier, we got the new hitting coach. Hopefully that will uh, help the situation and he'll get back on track. Uh, I think Didi's going to be gone. Even though he's got a big contract, I think they're going to do whatever it takes to get him out of town. Play Bryson Stott at shortstop if he's ready. If not, you find a placeholder for one year. The outfield is going to look different. I think McCutcheon's going to be gone. I don't know about Odubo Herrera. The only definite is Bryce Harper will be in right field. We know that. Who knows about Mickey Moniak, Adam Hazley, Roman Quinn, the oft-injured one, Travis Jankowski, Matt Veerling. They're really just, you know, bench guys. I like Veerling, though. I think he could be a good guy to keep around off the bench. Starting pitching might actually be a strength. I've lost a lot of confidence in Aaron Nola, I admit, but uh, I would consider trading him in the right deal. But you got to love Zach Wheeler. And what Ranger Suarez did over the last two months was just amazing. They're the top two starters right now, not Nola. Sorry, you're you're number three. I think Kyle Gibson will be back. He's under contract, I believe, for another year. But uh, he, too, struggled in September. Zach Eflin will be healthy at some point. I don't know when. Um, the bullpen, you got to upgrade again. I don't know if you know this, but Ian Kennedy, who was the closer the last month and a half, is a free agent, as are Hector Neris and Archie Bradley. I think Bradley might come back. I just have a hunch. I think Naris and Kennedy are gone. I think you got to make a play for a legitimate closer. Word has it that Craig Kimbrell will be available again. You maybe go after Kimbrell. He's 33, going to be 34 next year, but the White Sox will supposedly make him available. So go after him, upgrade that bullpen yet again, and uh, make things interesting. Please, Dave Dombrowski, work your magic. We need you. We need you. Villanova football team undefeated. I did not know that, James J.K. Thank you so much. Um, Penn State no longer undefeated, sadly. All right, Um, our friends at the PPCC 118 RAS Room. I've never read this ad before in my life, so I don't know what to say about it. Uh, I don't know where the banner is, but uh, they do post great sports memorabilia on their Facebook page. People can take a chance on winning something they may not be able to afford or have access to. All items do come with certificates of authenticity. They've continued to run out great autograph memorabilia from all the philly teams and more they've changed some things up with very popular mystery boxes and razes. just 11 lines of so also your chances of winning are 1 and 11 great odds check out the facebook page like it follow it ppcc 118 razroom and it's on facebook all right let's wrap things up parting shot for tonight i gotta go back to the whole ben simmons mess i gotta see if i can find uh my picture there it is yes Um, Philly fans have a reputation as being rough and sometimes downright vicious. But it really bugs me that a lot of folks around the country seem to be saying that Philly fans have tried to run Ben Simmons out of town. I am not having it. We have supported Simmons all along, right up through that last Game 7 playoff loss to Atlanta. The fans supported him while he sat out his entire rookie year. We supported him the past three years, even though his stats never really improved. Check it out. His per-game marriage for points, assists, and rebounds last season were all career lows, and we all know what happened in the postseason. Yet fans still encouraged him when he went to the free-throw line, groaning a bit, but not booing him when he missed two-thirds of those free-throws. But when you didn't take the responsibility for your performance and hinted that you think your game is fine as is, yeah, I'm an all-star, well, that's the backbreaker. Ben, you brought all of this criticism on yourself, and now we have had it, but hey— look in the mirror. Don't blame the fans, Ben. Don't blame Doc Rivers or the media or anyone else but yourself. If you are indeed back as a Sixer, don't expect the fan support any longer. You know why? Because you don't deserve it. That's all I got. I was going to ask Bill about Tommy and me, but Bill's not here. Damn technology. Bill, we miss you. Let's wrap things up. Find us on YouTube. Find us on Facebook. I don't have all the stuff written down because Bill usually read that. Uh, We are on Apple Podcasts. We are on Stitcher. We are on uh, all sorts of locations. Please find us. And as I said, let's get to at least 101 Philly Press Box Radio YouTube subscribers by the end of tonight. We were at 99 when this show started. I am out of breath. I've talked way too much. I'm going to wrap it up. We will see you next week, next Wednesday. D-Line him, our guest. We will talk Sixers season preview. And again, for Bill Furman and the great Bill Meltzer. He was terrific tonight. High hopes, everybody. And go birds. Now, where's that song that I want to play? Oh, there it is. Good night, everybody. Let's
1: do the song. Come on. Come on. (inaudible)
2: You can't go